Right, we're rolling. On this podcast, we'll be talking about different areas of business and all things marketing. My name is Dave Doyle. And I'm Dave Alton. This is Social Antics, another marketing podcast. On the show, we are joined by Paul Stence from the Charleville Lodge Hotel in Dublin, or more notably the White Moose Cafe. Paul has been renowned for his outrage marketing, which has allowed him to build a global brand from Dublin, Dublin's north side. Paul, welcome to Social Antics. How are you keeping? A very good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Good, good, good. Thanks for joining us. You're very, well, you're very welcome. Very welcome. We're disturbing your holiday. Uh, no, not at all. No, not at all. But excuse me, as you might hear me munch on a, on a bag of potatoes here. Um, is that okay? Am I allowed to eat while we? While we That's all right. I, he gives out to me for drinking fizzy drinks during it, so I'm now going to drink fizzy drinks as well. So it's all I want to eat, to be honest with you. This, what's, what's your drink of choice, Dave? This is a Lucas Eight Orange, is what this oh, is like at the moment. Lucas Eight Orange. So I take Coke. it the two of you. I take it the two of you are Corconians, are you? I'm from Wexford originally. I am from Cork. Yeah, pure Cork here beside me. Okay. And, and where are you? We're in Cork City, literally just, okay. just outside the city at the moment. Okay. Um, As you can see from the backdrop, which the listeners obviously can see, there's loads of coffee behind, so we're in his factory, basically, where they make the coffee. Oh, you make coffee, do you? We do. We're co- I work for a coffee roasters here in Cork, Velo Coffee Roasters, so we're up in the roastery here at the moment, so this is our fancy studio. Nice, nice, nice. It looks, it looks very good. And uh, Velo, haven't heard of it. So, yeah. a well, you're not doing a very good fucking job then, Dave, are you? <laughs> yeah, a small arts and roaster here from, from Cork. We, uh, we split into Aldi, Dunn's, Tesco. And Tesco is the most recent one. So That's growing good. business, going well. Very good. But here, isn't it all about the barista? If, 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 if you know. You can make the best coffee, but if you have a shit barista, it's going down the drain, basically. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it all in the barista, really? Um how good no, it will be when you when you not when you're because you're selling to you're to little so you're kind of retail as opposed to um selling in a cafe mm. yeah that's right yeah we sell into the the, the, the big ones and yeah, yeah. This is tesco duns and aldi but um yeah what what way do you go about when you're looking for staff would you would you have that kind of process of get in there and make me a coffee or would you trust in the cv if that makes sense i generally know if somebody is suitable within the first 30 seconds of seeing them generally speaking um i don't place any value in a cv uh i'd rather somebody come in and uh as i said now that may sound very superficial or it may sound like judging a book by its cover but generally speaking i like to follow my my gut and when you see somebody you kind of can tell whether they're going to work out or not um so that's that's kind of the, the, the strategy we use. Uh, very difficult to get staff these days. Very, very difficult in the you hospitality have, business. You have two locations now, don't you? So Three. Three, but, sorry. But I think continuing on the PUP when indoor dining has reopened uh, is a bit silly because, like, who's going to want to go back working in indoor dining when they can sit on their arse at home for, for 350 a week without doing a tap? I just don't understand why it hasn't, be, why it hasn't been cut off. 
it's um, very interesting to hear you hear that now because I don't know if you've seen on Twitter there now the last uh, I suppose about two weeks or so there thereabouts some mm. other well-renowned entrepreneurs who I know you know uh, Pat Feel and, and uh, Mr Cosgrove have been basically saying people giving out about not being able to hire staff it's absolute nonsense if you pay people properly then you're going to get good staff now I would contend hospitality is a totally different mm. ball game to tech or other kind of sectors what's your kind of take on what they are saying I suppose well, we will always pay fairly good um, good wages. We 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 don't we don't go as, as far down as minimum wage. I do agree that the hospitality industry is in general uh, a, a lower paid uh, uh, gig, um, but in the White Moose, certainly um, we 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 go way above uh, the minimum wage. So like, and that's what my post that kind of went viral fairly recently enough uh, stated, you know, um, just to advise everybody that if they are um, look, applying to the White Moose, we do pay way above minimum wage because I do agree and I kind of empathize with or sympathize or whatever the word is with people. And, and I understand, you know, if I was being paid 350 a week and I could get something similar for sitting on my couch watching Netflix, uh, yeah, I'd probably just sit on my couch watching. <laughs> so, uh, but but the reason it is hard to get it, it like that's yeah that's a kind of a sideline issue. I think I don't know. I can't understand why the government would not when when society reopens. Like why continue the pup for the sectors that are available, you know, to work in like mm-hmm. a hospitality. Okay, somebody who's in who works in a theatre maybe. Uh, I can understand there how the PUP might continue for them while while theatres and, and that are closed. But for for hospitality and other construction and all that kind of stuff that has reopened and is back on its feet, why in God's name are we still giving the PUP to them? So I know one of my buddies there, he's an economist inside, and he goes, I know economists get it wrong more times than they get it right often, but I mean, but he basically says that people don't realise there's a crash coming here because we are handing out money left, right and centre, and someone has to pay for it sometime. They always do, you know, always do. And they will pay for it. They'll be given hefty, hefty taxes down the road. I think it's starting next year, isn't it? Something like that, yeah. I'm not a, I wouldn't consider myself any of a tax kind of tax expert or anything like that. But on that, like, I mean, and again, it speaks to what you've achieved in terms of growing your brand. Like, no one really would think of advertising a job in hospitality when the whole hospitality industry is shut down. Now, you were making a valid point whilst you were doing it. And that's, I suppose, the what I would call the uniqueness in what you're doing. A lot of people would just say, oh, there's Paul and he's shouting at Twitter again. Whereas in actuality, with a lot of the stuff that you do, there's a point behind it and it's conveyed in a way that actually makes sense and that actually resonates with people. Yeah, well, w- what we do is we try and, I guess, use humour to convey a very serious underlying message. And if humour was not present, uh, the underlying message would not be heard. So whether it's us saying to you know gluten uh, gluten intolerant people who are suffering from a psychological disorder as opposed to a physiological uh, one um, because you know you're only really gluten intolerant if you're celiac but less than one percent of the population are actually celiac so the other kind of 34 percent of people who 
demand gluten-free food uh, in restaurants because Felicity and Holland and Barrett told them that they'd lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, when I did say that we require a, a doctor's note for gluten-free food, it, it did, you know, it was trying to tell people, look, if you're celiac, we will look after you. We will do whatever we can to accommodate your needs. But here, if you're gluten intolerant and you think you suffer from something that science, science says you don't have, well, then you need your head examined and you can feck off and, and cop on and eat normal food like everybody else. And then there was the time that we said we'd shoot vegans dead. Um, and then there was the time <laughs> we said we'd put, uh, we'd put Valium in the fruit juice of screening, screaming babies. All of these are funny. Um, obviously, they're not true, but they all have a message that we'd like to convey to our customers. And that is, if your child is screaming his fucking block off, shut him up or get out, you know. And if uh, uh, if you're a vegan and um, you uh, look at us as if we've 100 heads when there aren't 10,000 items on our menu to suit your idiosyncratic dietary requirements, you know, uh all again all of these controversies that we've um we've been involved in there is a message and you know the rarely do we ask get asked for gluten-free food now rarely do you hear screaming <laughs> i i actually haven't heard, heard you talk before about that you can you you condition the behavior of your customers and i thought that was a great line and i've yeah. i've worked in hospitality before and i've worked in bars restaurants clubs and i just i just thought if, if I, if I knew now what, or if I knew then what I know now from what you're saying, you know, it would have changed. Um, I, I just think that was a great line that you condition the behavior of them. We condition our customers to behave in a certain way. And we use humor to do that. Because at the end of the day, I value our team. And I don't, and, you know, if our team are happy, so too are our customers. All it takes is one miserable fuck of a customer to uh, get our staff down you know and when a staff member is down obviously that's going to transfer across onto the uh, onto the customers so um yeah humor is uh, but what it also does guys is it it means that our all of the seats in the cafe are occupied by people who don't take life too seriously who kind of know um how to have a laugh every now and then um and Funnily enough, the number of complaints we've received has, has you know, drastically reduced since I started doing uh, what I do. I find like so that that's one thing that I read because I'm look I'm of the opinion now that like marketing in general is boring, right? They mm. got you got if you look at um one of the they, they're hailed as some of the best marketers in the world is Heineken, right? They've just launched Island's Edge. No one knows anything about it. No one, everyone's confused by what is it, what's it there for, what's going on. No, everyone's it's all boring. What you've done and what I'm surprised why like a kind of a franchise or someone hasn't tried to do similar is why they haven't taken your approach, which is, and I'm not going to just say like, like not being politically correct, but just being kind of thinking what a lot of people are thinking and expressing that in a certain way, which is true humor. Why a kind of a bigger brand, like a bigger kind of a global franchise or an international franchise hasn't taken that as their brand strategy and kind of rolled it out everywhere and appealed to that population? Or are we living in an age now where chief marketing officers, investors, CEOs are just terrified of cancel culture? They're terrified of the very, very loud minority or whatever you want to class them as. Because like, again, like what you've done has clearly worked. 
So therefore, taking that and applying it in a global context or to a bigger brand, you could think that that would work as well and it would be very, very appealing. Yeah, you used the word terrified. I was going to say scared. Mm. Um, I think that the, the larger companies, um, they're aware of the climate in which we live in nowadays, and that is the political correct climate um, where cancel culture is rife. And, you know, there is a very loud minority of people, specifically on Twitter. I don't really I don't really go near Twitter anymore um, that will literally cancel you and. For, for, for telling a joke, because one person finds it offensive when 99 people find it funny. It's all about that one person these days, you know, the one person who takes offense. We have to pander to their needs only. Um, yeah, they're just scared. But I, I always think that to, 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 to have a, a strategy like we do, you have to be two things, A, brave, and B, mad. And with bigger companies like that, and I think Heineken is great. And there are a few companies whose advertising, I think, is on point. Heineken is one of them. Specsavers is another. Let me think. It'll come to me. Paddy? Yeah, they're 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 there since the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Paddy Power. Yeah, um, they're good, um, but none of them are kind of almost pushing the boat out. They're they're not kind of coming up to that line that we dare not cross. They're kind of staying way. It's almost like that that line of an. The only word that kind of comes to is almost like that individual personal insult. If that makes sense, it's not just a. Uh, no, a time or no, an event or something that's going no, on it's it's no, i would it's never personal. i would never i would never use the word insult no that's what i was trying to find a better word but it's that kind of personalized um yeah um remember that nothing that we do is is intended to be offensive because mm-hmm. in offense is not given it's taken right we don't ever set out to offend anybody um but we're very happy that people choose <laughs> the operative word choose to be offensive to something that the vast majority of people find funny and that brings us on to a more i suppose a deeper point and that is you know a lot of people are seeing the world through a prism prism of offense taking and you know this whole political correct political correctness and you know i think we wonder why there's such a problem with depression in this world these days when people are actively seeking to be offended. Mm. You get me? Why can't people just kind of just have a laugh and see the funny side? I, I personally don't get it. There are people out there who make it their business to be offended. And they, like, there's people who would would not follow the white moose and they don't follow on a daily basis what we do and then all of a sudden i do something that is controversial and they land in then just because it suits them just at that time to give out you know they're not following us on a day-to-day basis oh but paul has done this over let's lambaste him we don't follow them normally and i think that's very I don't like that, to be honest with you. But when people take offense in all these cases, it's always yeah. lacking content and it's lacking context. Mm. So if you take yourselves, for example, I'm not plumossing here, I'm just, again, to give the, the overall picture. 
You could also argue that, okay, Paul has said that and you're offended by it, just to take that as a, as a side point. Paul's also employed X amount of staff through the whole pandemic and paid them. He's also, I know you've done stuff with Dublin Zoo and you do a lot of stuff with them, the dog shelters, I believe, as well. So there's all this good stuff going on as well. But of course, that's all put to one side because you've said one thing. And I think that's the, there was, um, there was a comedian a number of years ago. I can't remember who it was, but they basically said that my career is already over, not because of a joke that I'm going to tell, but because of a joke that I told in the past. 20 years ago. Which is going to be dug up because now, again, without context it's taken out and it's and i think that's again like what you were saying there that's why people are kind of um constantly walking on eggshells for want of a for want of a better word um, yeah. and again humor is a very very difficult thing to humor again humor is taken right humor is based on context you go to a gig to have a laugh you watch a, a gig on youtube because you want to enjoy it you don't watch something because you want to feel angry emotions after it you know what i mean so again i think that's an important point to important point to make a hundred percent but people and it's, it's because of it's because of the the online world and twitter has a large part to play in it but you're so right you know you are judged as you said on one thing you say 20 years ago despite all the good that you might do but people don't want to when people are talking when when, when the twitter at sea you know are talking about paul stenson they don't, why, it's not on their agenda to talk about the good I do, nor does good news really travel fast. Mm. But um, it's, it's zoning in on one particular thing, completely disregarding everything else and exaggerating it to the point. And by the way, a lot of people on Twitter will believe anything they read in the internet. And a lot of people will read, will take hearsay and believe it as fact on Twitter. That's just another thing I wanted to say, but mm. I think it's 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 kind of sad. It is very very sad the times we're living in, where this kind of stuff is going on. And you know, okay, I've now got three businesses. We employ over fifty people, and I've created employment for these people. I've put bread and milk on the tables of their families. Blah 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 blah. But still, people want to cancel me and 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 that shows a, a complete lack of a complete disregard for the people that we employ in the white moose as well and so i think these people who speak negatively about paul stenson are quite selfish as well as um miserable but at the same time we are very grateful for them because if it weren't for the offense takers if it weren't for the miserable Twitterazzi with absolutely nothing better to do than, you know, sit on Twitter all day, uh, negatively criticizing Paul Stenson or the White Moose, if it weren't for them, the White Moose wouldn't be the global brand that it is. So what we've done, I suppose, is we've used these people without having to pay them anything um, to, to get our name out to a global audience. So. Deep down, I'm very grateful to, for these people, although I do kind of feel sorry for them. They're, they're, a, great I, sale, they're a great sales team. Great well, they are. <laughs> anyone what, anyone one who of those I've heard about you for, without having to pay them, I would regard it as great salespeople, yeah. It's almost like that. And I was looking beforehand, I was kind of thinking, how would you even define outrage marketing? Because just saying it makes people angry is, is too simplistic, right? And I was kind of thinking mm -hmm. that it's basically 
goading people to the point where they're emotionally incapable of not engaging with your business. Do you know what I mean? You get them to that point where they can't just ignore you. They have to get involved in the conversation. And that's where you mentioned, you, I think the phrase you used was um, going to the edge. You can't get people to that point if you don't go to the edge, right? And you're getting them to the point where they know you're making a joke, probably. A lot of them do, but they still can't help themselves. And that's the, that's the trick, right? That's the marketing trick. Well, you've, you, you, you have people who know my game, you know, and they know what I'm at. But then you have the newcomers who kind of will see that a cafe in Dublin has said this and the sense of entitlement kicks in because everybody is, you know, when they think of a cafe, it's like, ah, this is a cafe who serves coffees, you know, and uh, I am better than that. And how dare they speak like that? And who do they think they are? And that's why, that's another, I suppose, strong point for us. But um, yeah, I, uh, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. Let's just put it that way. I'm very you happy. You seem very happy. You seem very content. <laughs> very happy that these people exist, you know. But it, it's, the new, it's the newbies who kind of... Uh, well, then you'll have people who know what I'm at and they still go and talk shite, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned a few minutes ago about when we were talking about other brands and what they do and you, you mm. mentioned that your strategy. Um, mm. In your eyes, how much of it is strategy, if that makes sense? How much is actually... I know, look, things happen off the cuff. Some stuff might be planned, but how much in your head do you feel is a strategy? Uh, none of it. None of it. <laughs> you don't um, have a big marketing calendar on the wall. Not, no, no, no. <laughs> I have pictures of my dogs on the wall. Um, I would, it, like, I could sit here in front of you guys and, and all your, your listeners and say, oh, I, I was scheming and plotting and planning for years <laughs> and then, Waiting for a <laughs> outrage marketing uh, beast upon the world, but no, I it kind of happened by chance. And indeed, anytime I do put up a post, it's always spontaneous. I, I'm a great believer in spontaneity, and I'm a great believer. Like when I'm doing my Instagram stories, I have this um, rule whereby the first take is is it? You know, you don't do it twice because that's the most authentic and it's the most kind of natural and like you have all these other bloggers oh go again Mm, go again and they take like 252 photos before they actually end up posting one um so yeah the the, the average marketing strategy is non-existent it's just me kind of winging it really to be honest with you and that's that's just the truth something happens and uh i post about it um but if that thing didn't happen i wouldn't have posted about it so um and I suppose when you're running a business like ours, um, every interaction with, with a customer uh, is kind of usable content. Um, now, that doesn't mean if Mary comes in and orders an Americano and Ramesh serves, the, we, we'll put it's, that it's not on. <laughs> No, it's, it's like, and, and it's usually when people are being negative towards us in some way. Like, I always think that um, I equate what I do to like Mr. Miyagi and the Karate Kid. So as we all know, the philosophy behind karate is defense rather than attack. And that's exactly the way I would view our outrage marketing. We never set out to, to attack anybody, but I will defend the cafe. So if, 
if if you know people write a negative TripAdvisor review, which could potentially damage the reputation of the cafe, then in turn put it out of business. I will robustly defend it because we're employing, you know, over fifty people. Yes. So, um, so that's an inter- a, a, an important point that I think needs to be made as well. That I don't set out. Everyone thinks, oh, Paul, Paul Spencer <laughs> is this bully. He's this prick. You know, he's a misogynist, and he's, you know, he's a, a racist and a xenophobe, and all these words um, because he attacks people and he calls them out. And no, I will not willy nilly just call somebody out unless there's a reason to do it. You get me? It, you mentioned so you mentioned spontaneity there, which is in my absolute sense. So given all of that that you've just said, and it's mm. all a fair point, well made. Yeah. Given that it's all on the cuff, has there been ever or has there been many, or is there a few times you've gone, fuck, probably not even that you didn't mean to say it, but it just came out in the wrong way, or you communicated it in a way that you were like, eh, probably just tipped over the line. No, no, I, I no, never, never. Um, I'm kind of excited about that potentially happening one day. <laughs> I, I, I do know how to, I kind of know how to play the game, you know. I, I know where that line is. I'm pushing it constantly. Um, really, it's, I suppose, about, like, as, as time goes by, you know the way we kind of say to ourselves, oh, geez, if I'd done that 10 years ago, it'd be a... a, a I wouldn't get away with it. You know, something I might have done. <laughs> if I did it now, I wouldn't get away with it. Because as times are changing, people are getting more and more politically correct and more and more offended. So something I might do today might kind of be, you know, laughed at or brushed off. But in five years time, Jesus, I could be put in jail for it or something. Do you, do you get me? That's yeah. the way things are are going. But no, I don't think I've ever... I And, and I, can, I, I can never kind of like the stuff that I've said that a lot of a lot of people would think I shouldn't have said but as far as I'm concerned now nah. no there's nothing I have done in the past that I regret and uh, I always learn from what I do the, usually the regrets I have is not making the post long enough or not adding in that but now in general no there's not there's nothing that I kind of regret doing you mean you mentioned the word um blogger and um, we've often chatted here about the whole influencer world and we were only recently we were talking about a certain irish retailer selling influencer kits basically teaching kids and giving them what was it, a tripod and a ring light tripod and a ring light and say this is all you need for a this is what you need to be an influencer we we've we've no personality we've spoke loads here about um that kind of going into that field and i've even heard uh, friends of mine telling me that there's kids in school some of them are teachers and they're saying that kids are wanting to go down oh, i want to be an influencer when i grow up like what? What is your whole thoughts on people even looking or entering that whole world? Like you know, I don't personally. I don't think you can become one. If that makes sense, you can't make yourself become one. We've said it before. If you go out and say you're an influencer, you're not Smack. an influencer. What you are is you're a great photographer. Or in your <laughs> case, I would imagine I'm not saying that you're an influencer, but I'm saying you would say you're a very very good performer. And I've heard you before talking about. You kind of wanted to be on TV, I think, when you were younger. And that kind of comes out now in some of the stuff that you do now. But you have you have a talent for it. And you can, again, you say there, you can be spontaneous. You can contextualize things quite intelligently, but then communicate them in a very, very humorous manner. So that's a talent. Whereas a lot of people go, I want to be an influencer. They make money. <laughs> that's a thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I yeah, I yeah, okay. Um firstly, I, I have I have an issue with the word influencer. I, I have a serious issue with the word influencer. Like I mean I don't think uh, I think persuasion is much more powerful if it's organic. Right? Imagine going out and calling yourself an actual influencer. I, I just uh, yeah. Um, anybody who wants to be an influencer, mm, well, look, each to their own and off with them and the best love to them. But, you know, I don't know. I, I think, and this is going to sound maybe, well, it's, it's honest. Um, you will do well on Instagram if, if you're pretty. If you have pretty privilege, you will do well on Instagram. You're frozen on me, lads. No, 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 we're still here. We're still here. Dave, Dave yeah. does great on Instagram, in fairness. I've got no posts. <laughs> <laughs> imagine the two of you do very well on Instagram. But uh, if you are pretty, you will do well on Instagram. All right. And that's the way it is. People, you know, it's, it's like Instagram is almost like a peep show. You know, it's like the most, it's like very conducive to kind of voyeurism and stuff like that. Instagram uh, you will do well if you, if you are pretty, if you're ripped, if you're a guy, and if you're, you know, you know, if you have a nice arse, if you're a woman and you wear tight leggings and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's 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 what I will say. You'll see, you know, have you ever seen a huge Instagram star that isn't good looking? Huge, not really, or have you? there's definitely loads of them <laughs> so um but in terms of um yeah uh, look i uh yeah i i i i kind of feel sorry mildly sorry for anybody who whose life achievement would be to become an influencer <laughs> Do you think though that that's, that says something more about, and this is probably getting a little bit more deep rooted, but that that says more about like that's more of a reflection because everything that's positive or everything that's communicated online is ultimately a reflection of society in some way, right? The, mm. And you use the word influence, like the word influencers in the title, like the genius of advertising back in the day was that people didn't see it as advertising or it was subtle, shall we say, and therefore it influenced people over time uh, subconsciously, mm. if nothing else. The fact mm. that lot, like everyone talks about influencers and there's influencer kits and a lot mm. of people kind of demonize influencers and they say, oh, no, influencers are bad, but yet they are still influenced by these people. And we can ramble, we've done it loads of episodes, we've rambled off the stats around teen suicide and depression, all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, like there is negative, very, very negative connotations coming from these social media platforms, be it Instagram or otherwise. And everyone knows it, and yet society hasn't like almost learned, for want of a better word. There's the kind of almost no cop on there. And I think that's a very, very fascinating topic, shall we say, that we all know that it's there. We all know the big lie. I think people, but yet, getting, people buy into it. People are getting better in terms of understanding. They're getting better to, you know, looking for the the background, looking for the stories. They, they, they just understand a bit more. But as you said, they're it's still like being influenced. Even it's advertising, yeah, it's still influenced by it. They're still being influenced by it. Mm. But mm. well, I I do think the point you make about you know the suicides and all that uh, I think that's a, a very important make, point to make, and you know Instagram is all about oh look what I have you know 
and look how great I am because I have this and look where I am. It's, 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 it's a platform for gloating and it's a platform for showing off how beautiful one's body is and all that kind of stuff. And yes, I can, I, I think people have a tendency in this day and age to compare themselves to, uh, to, to these influencers um, and, 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 and which makes them feel very, very inadequate in themselves which yes leads to it could be another reason why we're all kind of depressed and feeling unworthy and you know that kind of stuff um so that's why i think you know if you're going to compare yourself to anybody compare yourself to yourself yesterday as opposed to anybody in line and i like that narrative that's interesting that's a good that's an interesting you know yeah it's good i like it because because you know these these beautiful pics of people out and i beat their whatever and their perfect bodies and which are filtered which are filtered which are not real yeah which are not real at all they're filtered and they're face tuned and all this kind of stuff um yeah I think uh, it, it is one of the reasons why our, our, you know, young people's mental health is possibly not as as good as it should be. And you uh, talk about mental health there, and you know, it's something we've talked about as well. Mm. Social media is is literally it's a drug, it's addictive. And you've spoken before about you know kind of taking a break, we'll say, from social media. And like, how important is it for you know not just regular day to day consumers, someone that has a phone, but like even take the three of us for example you know people that are working in social media as well that are literally it's their job to be on social media you know do people forget about them sometimes as well how important is it to actually take that mental break and pause from social media it's i i, I would think it's very important or else uh, i mean it, i mean i would be addicted to social media you know because i'm an addict and I'm in recovery, and mm. I, uh, I I think I've replaced my alcohol addiction for for so with social media, and um, I, I I don't think it's too healthy, uh, but at the same time, it's not really doing me any damage. You know, I mean, when I removed drink out of my life, like there's nothing that I could ever do that would as was as damaging. You know, nothing, nothing can go wrong anymore as long as drink isn't part of my life anymore. There's nothing that I can do that will be wrong. Do you get me? Because yeah. drink is such a, a huge burden and such a, a huge, it was just like, it was the biggest problem I've ever had. So nothing else is, a, is as problematic as that and nothing ever will be. So social media, I suppose, is the lesser of two evils and I am addicted to it. I think when you have an addictive personality, you know, um, you just have to be careful. But it, you do need to, to switch off. And I'll never forget, there was one time I went into Tesco and I bought a 15 euro phone, just a, like a burner phone, you know, with no a block, you know, yeah, a block. And, and like all it did was call and send texts. But uh, I put down the smartphone for about a week and I just had that and I was free. I was free, 
But then I kind of realized, well, hang on, the reason the white man is just so well <laughs> forever. So, uh, so yeah. But I do think people need to tread quite carefully with because you know, every time you get a like or a comment or whatever, you get that hit of dopamine, and it's like it's highly addictive, highly addictive, and it's worrying that so many kind of 12 year olds are going around with a, a phone kind of cemented into their the palm of their hand and they're 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 growing up like this with this hit of dopamine um for every for every like they get and all that kind of stuff i i, I pat Phelan would has a cup you know pat obviously is in the same club as me um and uh he often has this cup that says no good will come of social media. Uh, you know the way he puts them <laughs> yeah, more. Yeah. And uh, you know, he and I kind of sometimes think to myself, well, my business is built on it, but I hear you at the same time. Mm. It's it's by no means uh perfect. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, Paul, like you again you've had your battles you've had your journeys running big businesses well able obviously to take criticism or turn that criticism into something positive Mm. but i think again the fundamental problem yeah i'm not saying that people in adulthood don't have issues with social media but i think the problem with kids in particular is that when you're developing you take in social psychology you talk about something called the self-concept and while, when yourself is meant to be very, very relational and finding out who you are and making friends and your family is important and so on and so forth, that is then translated into a more quantified self where it's how many likes. And likes are nothing. You can't hang your coat on it. You can't do anything with a like. And it gets to the point whereby someone would rather have 20 likes from people growing up who are in another class to them, for example, rather than having a friend saying you did good in that or whatever the, or whatever the story is your dog is lovely and i think that's the kind of i think that, that kind of um real, that development stage i think is something that we're not going to know about for a long time in terms of how damaging it's going to be um but you can see with certain people definitely are just struggling constantly and it's a hidden struggle as well right albeit it is open because it's public it's in social media which i think is again a very very insidious part of the whole kind of dilemma shall we say and you know i suppose your existence on social media is 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 not real and just on that like it was my birthday there in, in june and you know i'm flooded with messages from people i've never met and i never will meet saying happy birthday and like hundreds if not thousands of messages are coming in and like my true friends that i can count on one or two hands you know their messages get lost in this sea of kind of well wishes from strangers and you know um having a following like like i do isn't always great like it's like and and like being recognized in public isn't always great and that's why you know i often would listen to to blind boy and 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 that's why he wears the black bag over his face you know because he wants to go into to lidl and not have anybody be part of that pros part of the process of buying a pair of jocks i think is what he said or something like that and i do i really kind of can relate to that mm-hmm. um so it's not a true existence and you know 
Twitter and all this is a false reality that we are thinking is real and we're getting very tied up in it and you know it's kind of dangerous I think and uh, um, so just in case you think that you know oh isn't a great Paul Stenson has like 60,000 Instagram followers or 100 on the White Moose or 200 on the White Moose Facebook or now isn't he growing he must be it's not always good no no it's not always good at all I, I, I you know and sometimes I just love to kind of you know I don't know, walk into town and go into a shop and I don't know. What, just... what I'd be interested to hear is, so you, you talked there about switching off from social media. Social media is such a huge part of the business, being recognised. When you, say for example, you're over in Ackle now, mm. when you put up something, say that you're, you know, you're inside in the, the cafe or the opposite, you're over on holidays. Mm. Do you, do you actually, if it makes sense now, do you actually see that take a reflection in the till? If that makes sense, will you actually see people at certain times of year where maybe something controversial is going on that you're after putting out? Will you see people come to the cafe with a chance of maybe seeing because you put out that you are there? You know, building that it's not just the White Moose Cafe, it's not just the logo, it's actually the face behind the brand as well. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And funnily enough, you do notice a dip in sales when I'm away, and I'm that's what I mean. You're away for the week now, or whatever. Like you know, is people ah, uh, I'll go in next week. He might be back. Yeah, yeah, you do. And I'm not just saying that to blow my own trumpet or anything, but it is it is fact. And um, like whenever there's a, a big controversy, like I don't know anything. See, my my most my strongest platform would be Facebook because I'm kind of I like writing, hmm. and uh, whenever I write something um, that has been uh, you know, spread widely by the masses, um, you will notice an immediate impact on sales the next day. Mm. But it kind of, it's not always the next day, like it's, could be a week later or a month later, you will notice a surge uh, just after uh, something Something's I've done happened. viral. Um but you might think now, well, hang on, Paul hasn't done anything in, in recent times. Well, there hasn't been anything to do in recent times. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's a number of different aspects to the social media I run. So the Facebook, 205,000 followers or something like that. I come across as quite a, possibly quite a prick, you know, because of, of the words I write. And you don't see, I suppose... The humanity behind it you just see the black and white words and whereas if i'm on my instagram story explaining what i've just written on facebook you'll kind of see uh, yeah he's not that bad actually he's 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 kind of he's kind of sound but so you have the facebook following right and then you'd have let's say my social my personal instagram following and, and they're actually quite there's a bit of an overlap but they're actually quite different because of the content I produce on, on, on each of the different platforms. Um, and uh, Snapchat was the same, with, but Snapchat is obviously gone now, I don't use Snapchat. But the Paul Stenson who writes, all vegans will be shot on Facebook, you know, is perceived differently to the Paul Stenson on Snapchat, the Snapchat story say, Jesus, I'll shoot those vegans if they come in. Because you know, I'm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When you read something, you're taking it as fact. But when you see me say it, you kind of see the 
the humor in it. Do you get me? So, so I've what did someone say? Sarcasm never comes across in text form. You can't be sarcastic yeah. on WhatsApp. It's yeah. impossible. You just can't yeah. do it. Yeah. And that's what that's why they created emojis, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. True. And when story. you when you take up your phone, uh, personally, which 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 of the apps do you find yourself straight away at nowadays going towards? It's a very personal question. Mm. <laughs> Social media apps would say. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. Um, what do I use? Uh, WhatsApp probably usually. If yeah. that's a if that's not a social media app, okay. Well, I just look at my. So I lo- let's just take a snapshot of my screen at the moment, okay? So we have the first app that's coming up is Instagram, then TikTok, then WhatsApp, and Instagram again. WhatsApp again. Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. So there you go. So, I suppose that we we we've talked about here those times that we're just getting some like TikTok is the only one that's really broken through with something a little bit different. You know it's that they're, they're all it's getting not boring anymore. Boring, really, if that makes sense. There's not really breaking through. So, so I was interested to see, like, what one do you find yourself gravitating towards? You know, um, is is there a standout one for you? Uh, well, my I'd say both Instagram would be the one I use most. Um, when I'm doing the stories, uh, Facebook less so. Um, sorry, I'm just looking at I'm down in Ackle, as you know, and I'm looking at the CCTV here in the office of uh, my 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 two big Dobermans. Doberman, do you call two Doberman? Doberman, Doberman, yeah, Doberman, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But no, in Cork we actually get rid of that letter. It's just Doberman. Doberman. Uh, <laughs> and M and the N kind of blend together. Okay. Um. So, uh, yeah. Um. My my father has just walked up the the driveway there. <laughs> I'm just wondering why he's doing that. Are they because like uh, we've 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 large railings, but one of them has escaped before other grand. Um, <laughs> So this this will be an exclusive. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, here Dobermans are not the way Hollywood paints them to be. They're like they lick you to death. To be honest, with you. <laughs> the way they're bred nowadays, they're not going to know. If someone broke into the house, it might be a different story. But they're not. Uh, I wouldn't cross them. I'd say no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. They're certainly not the vicious killers that they're they're made out to be. But um, sorry, where were we before that? No, you, men- yeah. you mentioned you mentioned your dad there. Actually, um, we we were talking about it there before we oh, came that, on. That was some segue. It was some that segue. Was I'm, get, I'm getting better of it each week. <laughs> um, you can tell we're true professionals here, Paul. The the you mentioned your dad. And, you know that you obviously took over the hotel from them. And to me, like when you hear the charge of a lodge hotel, you know it sounds nice and grand and nice and we say posh. You know when you came in. Did you, did you did you make a mess of that or you know how 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 was that transition of taking over from your parents? Total bollocks of it. Total, Total bollocks of it. Uh, no, uh, I I would think that I probably uh, I would like to think I might have enhanced it, you know. But uh, but um, no, my parents are both in their like mid seventies now, and uh, so they would have bought Charleville Lodge in nineteen ninety four, mm. and I was fourteen back then, and. I took over in 2003, um, having worked in the Marion Hotel for having been fired from the Marion Hotel in Dublin. <laughs> uh, prior to that, um, I, I guess my time in the Marion was. Well, I'll be honest with you, I was drinking my way through it and 
like I would only be able to deal with customers if I had a knocked back a Bacardi and Coke at about eight eight thirty in the morning, and that's that's the harsh reality of it. Um, but uh, was fired from the Marion anyway, and then all of a sudden, see, like with five star hotels, the customers are absolute and utter dickheads. Yep. Because it's a five star environment, they come in and they start clicking their fingers at you and like, they're oh, entitled before they walk in the door. Yeah. Absolutely, and they're there to be seen as much as you know for any other reason. And like, they're posers and like the real rich actually are the most unassuming people. It's the the fake rich, the people who haven't a penny to their name that come in and start demanding and you know, clicking their fingers and treating it as a number or a role as opposed to a person, which I didn't really like. It was quite a yeah, I hated it. Anyway, so then I arrived into Charleville Lodge in 2003, and now all of a sudden, my boss was my my mum and dad. So it was kind of like a lot more loose, and I could kind of start uh, using logic in arguments with customers as opposed to saying, yes, sir, smile, <laughs> and allowing the, the customer to always be right. Um, so mum and dad have always kind of turned a blind eye to what I do online. Um, because as long as kind of the cash is coming in, they're happy. Mm. And w- without a doubt, like since I started my my social antics. Um, I like that. Like the business has been doing very, very well. And there's, there's two reasons for what I do. And the first and foremost is to entertain people because I think I'm, it's what I like doing. And I like, and I love receiving messages from followers saying, you know, I received a message from someone this morning saying, uh, I started sea swimming because of you, you know, and, and you know, I'm, I'm feeling the benefits of it. And then you have people saying, you know, you, you, you know, in COVID, I was in a dark place and I'd watch your Instagram and I'd, I'd have a giggle to myself and you'd, you'd brighten up my, my spirits and all this. I love that. And, and, and it's what makes me continue. But uh, the second reason is obviously to, 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 to create a few bob, to, to make a few bob for the family business. And, and, and you know, that has happened. So, uh, so while mom and dad wouldn't always be great fans well and they're not even on i mean my dad isn't even on any social media so he wouldn't have it's usually kind of friends of his yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> did you see what he did <laughs> I, see, I see you know whatever yeah you even know. back in the day it's like i saw your man down down the pub or whatever. <laughs> i saw i saw his instagram the other day like yeah yeah and that's the way mom and dad usually find out about the stuff <laughs> believe it or not yeah so um so yeah they, 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 they slightly approve if we'll say that then so as long as the revenue's coming in they fucking love it as far as yeah. that's all yeah that's all they really care about is and what's the big plans for the future for the whole we'll say the whole brand you have three three businesses now what's what's the next plans or have you got in plan so I the, the plan with Quietness Cafe Limited is to create uh, 20 cafes mm. and then exit um, but in the meantime, I've I've set up a company called White Moose Media Limited, which is uh, obviously a media company, a marketing agency, if you like. And uh, 
the main client of White Moose Media is White Moose Cafe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in time, we will start taking on other clients. Um, and I'm going to invest a lot of my, to be honest with you, I'd love to get to a point where, you know, if Mary doesn't arrive into swords on time, I kind of don't care about it. Or if a toaster has is broken down yeah. in English, I don't really need to have a phone call about it. Not that I'm too important for that, but it's just not really what I'm into. I don't really, you know, media marketing is, is, is where my strengths lie, I think. And uh, so I, while White Moose Cafe will always go on, we want to get to 20 cafes and exit, White Moose Media uh, will be running concurrently. And that's where I'm going to focus an awful lot of my efforts now. But I think that's I like to have my own business. podcast, by the way. With, with, I like with. my own podcast. <laughs> I wouldn't ask us for any tips if I was you. <laughs> All right. But I tell you what, in fairness, it's great. It's great to hear because, again, I think, again, I, my, coming from a marketing background, my fundamental opinion is that marketing has just gone boring. It's just fundamentally a boring place. And I think having, again, you do it through humor, performance, whatever you want to do, the more of that stuff we have, because ultimately our world is just constantly saturated with media and marketing. I think the more entertainment that you get from that, or it doesn't need to be entertaining. It can be deep storytelling. It can be just something that you can latch onto and go, yeah, that's something actually meaningful. I think the better off. And on that, you had, I was looking through your um, your Instagram earlier on today, and I had to laugh at this. It's probably one of the funniest uh, tweets, actually, which you posted on Instagram that I've ever seen in the last while anyway, which was that someone came up to me on Port Marnock Beach this morning and said, are you the guy from the Happy Moose Cafe? I think she was mixing me up with the White Moose, or mixing up the White Moose Cafe with the Happy Pear. Never been so fucking offended in my life. <laughs> that was absolute genius. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so that was that was a good one, all right. Um, that was good. Enjoyed it. Not that I have anything against the two lads. <laughs> no, I was coming. I don't there, know. there was context missing from that. The context is <laughs> that you didn't fucking know them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I mean, I'd, I'd I'd have a huge amount of respect for the lads uh, in what they've built for themselves. So yeah, but uh, don't know them, so I can't. I look. You know, you know yeah, what I mean. The lads are nice guys. They built, they built a great brand. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 would, I would think so. And, and you know what? Anybody who has done anything like that, I'd have respect for, even if they're vegans. I'd still have respect. For them. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, but uh, it, I think uh, Ireland is a nation of begrudgers, to be honest with you. And I think we're all, you know, we we love to see we hate to see successful people do well and we try and bring them back down to terra firma if we think they're getting a bit too big for their own boots. And that's one of the things I don't like about Ireland. You know, successful people are demonized and, you know, uh, I, I, I don't like that. Um, but uh, no, never been to the happy pair, believe it or not. Um, we'll have to take a trip. I've never been either. <laughs> You've met them. You went, uh, we'll just actually end on this story. We were at a, so we both worked uh, in consultancy for um, a sausage company before, and he didn't know this was who boys are vegan. Well, you know nothing about them. You didn't know about them years and years ago. And your man said, go over to them today with a bag of sausages. He went over to a bag of sausages, plunked them down on the happy bears. I can tell you, those are for you lads from the lads over. 
You didn't yeah. fucking talk to you again. Yeah, that was the end of that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd love to have seen that. <laughs> it's happened a couple of times, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a good joke. But Paul, look, we want to say thanks very much for coming on. We really, really appreciate yeah, it. And we wish you nothing but success. Um, okay. very we, much. Look, we look forward to uh, getting up and taking a, a trip up to the to the cafe, hopefully soon. Maybe, well, you never know. We might be... Uh, we might we be keep an eye there. on Instagram. Make sure you're there. <laughs> <laughs> a very rare occurrence. A very rare occurrence. Take okay. care. All the best. Uh, thanks a million. Okay. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye.